Yay! Hi guys, welcome to another episode of I've Been Meaning to Watch That. Uh, I am Gwen. As you can hear, Monica isn't here today. She is out. She just got a new job. She's figuring out her schedule. And so today I'm swooping in and I brought in my roommate and fellow film bro, uh, Logan. Logan, is there anything you want to say about yourself? Uh, hi, my name's Logan. I'm a film bro, apparently. Um, I have a YouTube channel that you can check out. That's just my name, Logan Douglas, and I do videos on movies and TV. See, okay, here's the thing. You can't yell at me for saying that you're a film bro. When one, you're dressed like that. This is just a nice look. And two, you just said you have a YouTube channel where you review films. And uh, films. The last one I, 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 I reviewed was Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yo, that's like, okay, don't say that. Our fans are like, Huge Star Wars fans. Like we got roasted for saying that um we did like episode eight and nine. We got like a tap. Maka said she got like at least episode nine. I feel like even Star Wars fans don't like episode nine. Exactly. We have a very we have a very loyal, loyal Star Wars fan group. Okay. Okay. I, I, I don't know. Um so we'll just wrap the episode the way we always do with uh, I Can't Wait to Watch, uh, which is where we just talk about new movies and indie, uh, industry news. It's coming out soon. Um, the new movie that I want to talk about is just Blackbone. I think I mentioned it before, like when the first teaser of it came out, like a couple, like a month or so ago. I said that looked really interesting. Um, but yeah, the reviews are starting to come in. I know a lot of people have now been able to go and see the movie, and all of them are giving it rave reviews. And they've all been telling me that they want to see it with me as soon as possible. So I'm very excited. I, they all know that like one of my favorite genres of any type of movie is summer horror films. There's just something kind of sticky and menacing about it. I love them so much. Like horror films that come out in the summer are almost 100% better than any ones that come out during like Halloween season. I don't know what it's about. It's just, uh, it just tingles me the right way. <laughs> um, uh, I, I guess I can't, I, I, I don't have that much excitement over it. Um, yeah. It's not that I don't think it's going to be a bad movie. It's on my watch list. I eventually will watch it. Um, but it looks kind of cheesy. Uh, it, it, it looks like um, Kevin, it's Kevin Bacon, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just looks like Kevin Bacon is, I don't know, trying something new, which good for him, but I don't know if it, I, I just I just don't see it. I don't see, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. No, that's true. Everyone needs to be by the wise there. Yeah, like that's not like something mm. insulting. Um, but if it's done, in, even if it's done in like a decent way, obvious side it because like i and this is something that's like i guess great about the horror genre most people don't go into a horror film expecting like s-tier look yeah like horror films can get away and be like the audience can really enjoy them when they're pretty just decent when they're just scraping by right so if it is even a little bit elevated by uh above just scraping by it's gonna go down as like one of the greatest horror films in history mm. Um, so yeah, that's why I like, I think that's part of the reason why I like the whole genre, because it's very low standards. Yeah, right. Um, which makes them very easy to watch. Uh, and then other industry news, uh, just really quick, I just had to say it because it, it just happened yesterday. Um, so obviously Beyonce was teasing releasing new music. Beyonce dropped the first single from the album on a Tuesday. Yes, yesterday for us, we're calling this on Wednesday. On a cheat, she really said Drake can have the weekend, but fuck all of the chart numbers. I because I'm dropping on Tuesday. What? 
I'm so excited. I listened to this. I played it like at least five times on my way to work yesterday when I saw that it came out. Um, <laughs> it's a banger. It slaps. I'm so excited. I can't wait. For the next two to six business years, we will be living in Beyonce's and then that again. That's going to be the best time ever. I, like, I've been waiting for this. Uh, I'm really happy for you, man. Thank you. <laughs> I, I just, I have to that. You, I can't not acknowledge the queen when something happens. Right. It, it's just, you have to do it. Exactly. You have to do it. Thank you. Thank no you. problem. I understand. I understand. Okay. But <laughs> jumping into, like, what this podcast is actually about. So, I guess the best way to say it is it's just cartoons integrated into live action. Is there a specific term for that type of movie? I, I don't know. Hybrid? I guess I don't really know if that, that fits, this, though. There's this, not really a term yeah. for it. Which is dumb, because it happens a lot. And a lot of these movies are pretty, like, I won't say well-regarded, but infamous. Well, infamous. They're pretty infamous. Um, so today we're talking about Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh, Looney Tunes Back in Action, and then the one that just released, Chip and Dale, um, Rescue Ranger. I guess it's just called Chip and Dale, but it's based off of the Chip and Dale Rescue Ranger series that came on, like, I, it's, it's called Rescue Rangers. Rangers. It is Chippendale Rescue Rangers? Yep. Yay! Look at me. I'm so great at my work. So I guess we have to start with like the classic, like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, so Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a kind of detective slash mystery movie uh, that involves uh, Eddie Valent. He's like the, the tune detective. And it's just, at first, he's supposed to like find evidence for why Roger Rabbit, who is a famous tune actor that's kind of losing his edge. Um, and he's sent to like figure out what's going on. Why is Roger Rabbit kind of slipping off because it's costing the studio a lot of money. Um, and then he ends up getting wrapped up in an issue that's a lot bigger than him and kind of stumbles across a plot that's meant to take down more than just Roger Rabbit's going to take down all of Toontown eventually. Um, for pretty silly reason. I'm not going to dive super heavily into the plot <laughs> because most people would have watched all three of these movies. Yes. Um, but that's the general premise of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's free on Disney Plus. So if you want to watch it, it's right there. Um, I kind of just want to dive into like how this fits stylistically. So this movie was released in 1988, um, but it's set in 1947. And it comes across, I don't even know how to say it, it comes across very weird because, you know, the best way to explain it is with the story. So about a year or so ago, I like, I got high with some of my friends and we, we couldn't think of anything to watch. So we just start watching Seinfeld. I don't think any of us have ever like watched Seinfeld, yeah. like anything more than like an episode before. We just start watching it because it was, like there was nothing else we could think of. Um, and we started like laughing really heavily at it. And we were like, we came to the realization that we weren't laughing because it was funny. We were laughing because it's funny looking back and thinking this is what people considered the best of the best when it came out. Because Seinfeld is still today pretty highly regarded. Right. It's still said to be one of the best sitcoms of all time. Right. And it's funny that that, was so funny back then, which really not funny at all now. That's why I got watching, that's why I got watching in 2022, a movie made in 1988, making fun of the 1940s. I really didn't see it as making fun. I thought it was more of an homage. I thought I thought it was sort of almost a love letter to, to animation at the time. 
I so like the the actual like stylistically how it did it definitely a love letter. It was very like it was very it's the cartoon physics. The cartoon physics were most prevalent. Yeah. In, in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. But like a lot of the jokes that they made, especially like in the very beginning, were very attacking the 1940s. Like for example, um, our detective, our lead character, uh, he's like riding on the back of the, the red car or the red train. Yeah, yeah. And one, right off right there, he makes a joke like, oh, like one of the kids sitting on the train with him. Uh, he's like, don't you have a car mister? And he's like, a car in LA, we have the best, best public transport in the world, which is obviously like a fucking joke. Like yeah. everyone knows that LA has the worst public transport in at least the United States, but probably the entire world. Mm. Um, so like that, it's making fun of the fact that someone in the 1940s is still going to think that LA is the best at everything, which is not something that 80s would necessarily think. And definitely not something that the 20s, like us today, yeah, yeah. would think. And then like with those same people, like the next scene, he jumps off the uh, train. He's like, oh, thanks for the cigarette skits. Making fun of like the fact that in the 40s, nine-year-olds could get cigarettes, which is less likely to happen in the 80s. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, there was definitely some like, uh, I don't know what the word is, conversation about about uh, some some norms in the 40s. But I, I, I guess I guess I don't really see how that um affects how how the film regards cartoons or or just like just cartoons of the era oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah like i said before, are you just talking about like era in general or no i was just talking about how so it removed the cartoons for a second yeah. a lot of the jokes in the movie mm-hmm. are making fun of how things used to be which is usually what happens when a movie is made like yeah. A, a, yeah. a comedic movie right. is made in like an era that was like before like right. you see that even in like mod- modern shows like Bridgerton, a lot of Bridgerton is making fun of what it was like in that era mm. being a boy. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just, it's a very, it's very well hidden. This is a dog movie for it. It's still fun when it does it. And it did it pretty early on. It was in the 80s. So good on it for getting the, the formula so right. Um, it was just funny to see. Right. And it was like kind of, like again, looking at it from 2022, it was funny seeing how the 80s were making fun of the 40s. Mm. But jumping into the cartoons, because we mentioned like the cartoon physics. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a sucker for cartoon physics. I liked, because this one did it more than the other two. Yeah, yeah. Integrate it. The cartoon physics was, into the, was in the real world. Like in back in action, it's very much only the cartoons, only the tune characters are involved with the cartoon physics. Except for like one. Yeah, I think guy. there's like a few instances where, where it's the other way around and it's usually using it for a gag like there's a specific yeah. moment back in action that like they're using the like the looney tunes physics and then someone breaks the the fourth wall or not the fourth wall just breaks i guess their version of the fourth wall mm-hmm. and then the cartoon physics ends um and then in chip and dale it's almost like completely sun reality they're just yeah right they're just other like living things in our world that just happen to be cartoons. There's no real treatment of them differently, except for the fact that a lot of them happen to be smaller or some of them can fly, but yeah. they're pretty integrated as just normal citizens in the world. Um, which I guess is a choice. I didn't realize how heavily Chippendale did that because we watched Chippendale when it came out 
And then we just watched Back in Action and Who Framed Roger Rabbit this week. So I didn't have them fresh in my mind yeah. when I was watching yeah. Chippendale, so I didn't realize how grounded that one was. I think I think the difference is um, with with Looney Tunes Back in Action and Roger Rabbit is that um, both of those cartoons were based off of you know early early slapstick cartoons. Like mm-hmm. all cartoons were slapstick. Tom and Jerry, Looney Tunes, all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that a lot of like those two were focused on like slapsticky cartoon shit, mm-hmm. whereas Chip and Dale, where it felt more like cartoons from the 80s and on it wasn't really slapstick anymore no. it was more just like i don't know funny scenarios that we can throw cartoon characters in which is very interesting considering the fact that again i guess i didn't like consciously think about this yeah. until i was watching these other two movies but all of them are very like all of them fit in the same genre yeah. like um who framed roger rabbit is a detective mystery story um back in action is a spy mystery story mm-hmm. and chippendale is a missing person spy no missing person like detective story. yeah i'd say it's another detective story yeah sort of um which is kind of interesting because like obviously like when people think of like movies like this like they think of space jam yeah. and maybe maybe space jam too um which is very much like not the genre at all very much no. like the full opposite like that's, yeah. like, that's a sports movie um, which I would argue is about as far away as you can get from like a detective show. Uh, a yeah, sure. I agree. Uh, they're pretty um, polar opposite genres. And so it's funny that um, I don't know that teens integrate so well into kind of like a mysterious, maybe a little bit like action packed sort of suspense sort of show. Especially because, like you said, like uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Well, like the the slapstick kind of comedy and humor yeah. really isn't suspenseful at all. Like, there's no like innate drama or like noir anything going on in like slapstick yeah. humor, and yet it translates over into like a funny s spy movie fairly well. I think it worked just because it was never like they they didn't go into it thinking that they were going to make a spy movie. They went into it thinking that they were going to make a spy movie with Looney Tunes or. A detective story with Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. So it was never like they wanted to create the Maltese Falcon. They wanted to create something that sort of uh, pokes fun at the Maltese Falcon, yeah, as yeah. well as like uh, making a whole movie about how they loved cartoons. Uh, that's that's what I liked most about Roger Rabbit. That not only was it funny, not only was it interesting, and um, I think the the kind of animation that they did with it was was like it was amazing. I was like, I forgot how good that was. Yes, I I just I think I think that movie succeeded in so many other uh, like categories than than Back in Action and Chippendale because it it felt more like the people making this movie wanted to make this movie because they felt a connection, and the other two felt you know they're like like studio creations, but we can we can. Yeah, yeah, we can get into that later. Yeah, but um, so with Roger Rabbit, like we mentioned, again, cartoon physics, I like how sometimes it was even used as like an integral part of the plot, like the fact that any time that Roger drinks alcohol, he starts like exploding, like it's yeah. used as a gimmick at first, and then like it like saves them from a dangerous scenario mm-hmm. later on. I like, I mean, like obviously that's like a very like Chekhov's gun type of like idea. Like obviously once you saw it happen in like the Alpha you knew it was going to be right. important later. But it's still like really cute to integrate the the fact that humans are still heavily affected by like the cartoon physics. And it really gives the the tunes a huge advantage over um 
over like normal people in the society, mm. which like might be part of the reason why they were a little bit hated. I guess they're not like directly hated, but like I, I don't know. That would be something interesting to dive into. I like I wish that I could like go back and like maybe talk to like some of the writers, like how do they think the rest of the especially people who live much more amongst tunes yeah. feel knowing that tunes are technically more powerful than they are. <laughs> like even like the the bullets that um Eddie fires, like yeah. one of them like really grabs like it's a bullet and that's a sentient bullet. It changed direction to follow its target. It grabbed out a machete and like shot its target even though it's a bullet. Which is something that like I mean obviously it's a clear advantage against a human. Like if you fire a cartoon gun and the bullet can not only follow them, but like whack like like I don't know, they'll light or something with a machete. That's right. like a clear advantage over just like a normal, a normal gun. Gun. yeah. Um, but that might be me thinking too deeply about like the further expansions that someone could dive into, like merging those two worlds, um, which might be part of the reason why they avoided it in the future. Maybe just because it's hard to justify those things happening without explaining how humans feel about them and no one really wants to explain how humans feel about them they're yeah. trying to make a funny movie yeah i think i think that really only could have worked in roger rabbit mm-hmm. if there if there was a scene or two about that and that would make sense i feel like but if there was a scene like that in back in action i feel like that would stick out so hard yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't fit the tone at all even with um everyone's favorite jessica rabbit like she mentioned when she's like trying to get the detective to help her uh like right after they meet like the next scene after they meet um, she says that she's not like sensual, she's not sexual, something along those lines. She's just drawn that way. Yeah. Um, which is like, like that's the movie kind of hinting at the fact that like these tunes, it's very interesting that they live in our world because they don't have complete control over, I guess, their actions or how they're perceived. Yeah. And yet they're at the same time like more powerful than us. Like they can keep taking hits. Like they mentioned like dropping a refrigerator on Roger Rabbit's head. Doesn't matter how many times it happens. He's not. You'll always get it though. But we completely fine. Um, and like Goofy is even phrased in the movie because he can take hits like no one else. That it takes him no time to recover whatsoever. Yeah. Um, which again, huge advantage that teams have over people. Except at the very end when Eddie kind of like sort of has immunity against any sort of pain while he's yeah. sort of like dance. But we can justify guys. He's like living in the spirit of the team. Right. So. Um, I don't know. I just think. I think it's really funny, and I really like. It. I'm sorry. I just I love Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh yeah, I think that's yeah, pretty obvious. I don't think like anyone would disagree with that sentiment. Right. Um. And like here, another example because I was thinking of like how it ends. It also ends kind of making fun of the '40s because like the big master plan, the reason why tunes must be destroyed, is because of profit. Is because of capitalism. It's because the it, and the reason why the Chain Town had to be destroyed is because the the main evil character, Judge Dean, mm-hmm. who is also a teen, not spoilers, he's a teen as well. Um, <laughs> spoilers for like a 40-year-old movie. Yeah, <laughs> they spoilers. But um, he wanted to build a freeway. Never been done before. This was the first thing. Like, they didn't even know what a freeway was. He had to explain what a freeway was. Eight lanes of seamless traffic, people constantly getting on and off. Um, no one ever late anywhere. Um, and you know, like the, the freeway has to go straight through Teen Town in order to like make logistical sense for where it has to go. A hundred percent making fun. Because like saying like eight lanes, 
no traffic, yeah. never been done before. Like, it, obviously, like, freeways exist in the 80s. Uh, in case you didn't know, freeways did exist in the 80s, but yeah. they did not exist in the 40s. Right. So it's making fun of the idea that someone from the 40s would think that uh, something like a freeway would fix every single problem we've ever had with any sort of traffic or um, any sort of traveling plans. Yeah. Would, in fact, spoilers, yeah, I mean, like, it definitely helps. Freeways are amazing, but, like, it hasn't fixed the issue. Traffic is still just as much a problem today as it was, like, 40 years ago. Yeah. And we have even better freeways, even more freeways now. I, I thought I thought it was similar. I, I didn't know if it was making fun, but rather rather commenting on it. That that of course, like the the like the super evil guy is like pro freeways, pro like expansion almost, and I felt like it was sort of a commentary from the eighties, saying that this whole thing, this whole freeway shit, this whole like lining everything up with gas stations and McDonald's and shit, Ugh. was not good, and that this was in fact a failure of the people from the forties that that may not have been Judge Doom but rather had the same sentiments and thought this is the way America needs to be. I thought it was more like a, these guys got it wrong. They're kind of stupid and move on kind of thing. You know what I mean? I, I definitely get that. I think that since it is like in a comedic tone, yeah. it's supposed to be big, like it's an entirely comedic setting. It, it does come across as like making fun of people who thought that this was going to be the answer. Sure. Yeah. But it also does it with no, like, I guess no way of changing it. Like, it's, so not to dig on Roger Rabbit, like, not the character, <laughs> but, like, the movie. Yeah. But that's, like, the, I don't know, I'll call it the annoying. I'll call it one of the annoying things that happens in media when the, the production company or the writers or the directors are perfectly fine making fun of a semi-issue that is going on um, in society, which, like, I mean, like, freeways are pretty, like, low-ball issues. Yeah, I mean, they're not a huge issue. Like, I will say freeways have made transportation easier. It's just funny that they are also clogged now. They aren't, like, amazingly get fixed the problem, but they have definitely made things easier. Mm -hmm. So to take a whack at something that's a pretty minor issue, one might even call it a non-issue, but also not propose anything that could be done different. It's just attacking it for the way of attacking it. It'd be the same way as, let me think of a, an issue that's not too controversial right now. Um, um, that, oh, I guess it'd be the classic example of just like attacking phones. Like, okay. I think that social media is actually making us less connected to each other. Direct quote from Bojack Horseman. Okay. Um, Yes, that is true. Phones are making us less connected. Social media is disconnecting us from each other. There's now, people have more parasocial relationships than they have real relationships. It is the psychologically damaging, not only like us who like grew up without like major social media in our lives and then integrated in, but especially to like Gen Alpha who have really never known the world without social media being a prevalent part of their life. Mm. Um, we can already see the massive psychological changes that are happening just with um, attention span, with things like uh, self-worth, with self-image. Like it's extremely evident and easy to see um, how our society is being changed by that. And that it's 
most likely not a good thing. Yeah. But me coming out here on this podcast and saying, I think that social media is actually making us less connected to each other isn't solving the issue. I point out a very okay. obvious problem that literally any walking, breathing human person on American soil could have said. Yeah. And I've done nothing to like, like I've even said that I'm changing it. Yeah. And spoiler alert, I'm not changing it. I've actually forced the problem that social media is making us less connected. I actually thrive off of my parasocial relationships. They're some of the best relationships I have. I, I, I think both of those two, uh, like, like uh, problems, I guess, are, are, are so far gone that honestly, at this point, there's nothing that you or I could do to no. fix it. So, so the most I think that we can do in this scenario is make fun of it or just at least satirize it or point it out and say, hey, that shit was a mistake, right? Yeah. Like making freeways all over yeah. the fucking place, that, that sucks. But like, see, this is again one of the things looking now back on 80s, making fun of 40s. Yeah. I think in the 80s, there's a chance that they thought that this could have changed. Like definitely now, so no way that it could change. Yeah. But in the 80s, freeways obviously like they were popular, but like nowhere near the level they are now. Um, it's kind of maybe almost a little bit sad that like, there's a chance that some of the people on the, the production crew, the directing team, uh, the writing team, could have thought that maybe something about this movie and making like the big evil, like the freeway, mm -hmm. could have maybe had some sort of political or social change and like steered people away from um, like using cars as much. Yeah, right. Which is something that we're still trying to do. We're trying to limit we're trying to limit like how much we use cars and trying to integrate public transportation more, yeah. which is a good thing. But in the 80s, I feel like there was more of a chance. There was more hope that it could be an issue that would be resolved. Right. As opposed to now, that's just kind of like a laughable issue. Like, how huh, would it be funny if we didn't? I, I mean, possibly. Yeah, possibly. But also, I, I think it, all, it could have just been... Well, how do I say it? Like, like just saying things, uh, virtue signaling, sort of. Just, just be like, virtue oh, signaling in the eighties without it happening. That cancel culture didn't uh, start on the internet, and that's actually been prevalent in our society long before social media. Uh, virtue signaling is an old, old strategy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it could, yeah, I, I think it could have also just been like. Oh, these got darn freeways, and everyone will be like, "Oh, these got darn freeways." That's right, yeah. <laughs> just it could have also just been that. I mean, but I I also like that they, they they at least almost tried to connect the movie that took place in the forties to the 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 audiences now in mm -hmm. the eighties. I think I think that was also a pretty smart connection. Yeah, very smart. Uh, okay, well, we have to talk about it just because it is prevalent. And I would like to think, I am going out here and stating, again, I'm not against Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I'm saying this, I'm thinking that they're making fun of the 80s. Yeah. This is, no, no, I'm sorry, making fun of the 40s. This is not a commentary on the 80s. Actually, looking at the 80s, this is definitely not a commentary on the 80s. <laughs> this is specifically making fun of the 40s. It's very much, um, I don't even know like a phrase for it, but like point out someone else's problem while you are also the problem. Um, just well, like the human thing, well, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just like the the um misogyny throughout like the entire movie. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that it is the 80s making fun of how misogynistic the 40s was. 
However, since we have progressed as a society, it's funny in 2022, seeing the 80s say, wasn't it so crazy how misogynistic they were back then? Because now we can see how misogynistic it still was in the 80s. It's kind of like maybe a little bit virtue signaling ass again. Um, the 80s are staying on their high horse, seeing like, oh, look how disgusting it was back then. We've improved so much since then. Mm-hmm. And then us looking now, like, like the amount, I would say the amount of progress that's been made from the 40s to the 80s was 100% groundbreaking progress that needed to happen. Mm-hmm. But comparing that to what has happened from the 80s to like the 2020s, I, I don't know. They're pretty similar. I might even give the 20s a little bit of a bump up. I'm, uh, personally, I think it, it had less to do to... Oh, no, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, um, I think it had less to do with pointing out misogynistic tendencies in the 40s and more uh, taking those aspects of those kind of films in the 40s and, and, and almost like pushing it in your face. Because I, I saw this, I, I mentioned it earlier, but I saw this more as like, um, I keep saying love letter. But it very much reminds me of like 1940s, like Humphrey Bogart, Maltese Falcon kind of movies. And those movies were extremely misogynistic, like damsel in distress kind of shit. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was more just like playing off of that and in a sense pointing out the misogyny of those movies. I don't think they were they were going into the the writing, the writer's room and going, you know, we should point out misogyny in the 40s, you know, because like you just said. There was plenty of misogyny in movies in the 80s. But also, like, so I feel like in writer's room, so I don't think they went in going, like, oh, we need oh, to make some hard-hitting stuff about yeah, right. misogyny that was happening in the 40s. But, like, it's very much, I mean, I also hate this term, but, like, they they were men of their time. They were people of their time. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, a pretty average man in the 80s was not going to see the time he was living in as very misogynistic. Right, yeah. Just in the same way that, like, uh, the same average man wouldn't have seen that time as very homophobic or wouldn't have seen that time as very racist yeah. because people tend to not focus on issues that, that don't, don't affect their life. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, although, like, it was, as you said, like, a little bit of a love letter to, like, how movies were done then, it was done with the kind of ignorance of how much of it was still being was still occurring it was at still that being time. Right? Because like like for example, like women couldn't own like bank accounts or credit cards until like the 90s. Right. So like, and again, this film was done 1988. Like that's a pretty big like, like women literally couldn't have financial independence apart from a man until after this movie was made. So it's kind of hard for them to point out how misogynistic the past was when women still weren't free entities of themselves. Right. In the in the in the time period when this movie was at. No, in the, the period when the movie was being made, not when the movie was being set. Yeah. Um and so it's fine. It was just something interesting. It was again something that like it only stuck out because I'm watching this in modern day, not when it came out. Yeah. Um but that doesn't mean that it's a good movie. You can laugh at it and just like close your eyes and pretend that's making fun of how, the, how hilariously misogynistic the time was yeah. instead of virtue signaling that they've gotten better. Yeah. And, then, and then you're completely fine. Especially the fact that I looked it up. I wanted to make sure that wasn't just me. I right. wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to come on this podcast and spew some bullshit like I usually do. 
the love interest, Dolores, mm -hmm. does not have a last name. I looked at the oh. cast, I looked everywhere, like, does not have a last name. Every other character has a last name. Or I guess Judge Doom is not really a like, last name, but yeah. like, it is two names. Right. Dolores is the just only Dolores. character that's just Dolores. Eddie Valley, Jessica Rabbit, Roger Rabbit, Roger Rabbit. Rabbit. Dolores. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even notice. I, yeah. I see that's what I was saying. I was like, because like once I noticed that I was doing like misogynistic type changes, I was like making fun of them. I was like, no, that's like something that always comes to my head because like fully named female characters, like very classic trope of like anything, definitely before the 80s. Mm -hmm. Like unless they were like, unless it was like a, a TV show, like a sitcom or something like that. And like, you know, like the character was like a main character. Usually female characters didn't have last names. Yeah. Um. So I just wanted to see like, oh, like, don't do that, do that. And no, 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 she does not. Um, I guess she's going to become uh, Dolores Valiant because the implication is that they're going to get married. Yeah. So I guess good on her. Um, but really funny. Uh, I also like, this is something that did good a little bit with like the misogynistic stuff. Like I said, how I always said that Jessica Rabbit, like I'm not actually the sensual, I'm just drawn this way. Mm -hmm. The fact that someone who is, uh, like she's a 10, but she's in love with <laughs> a three. Like I thought, it's so cute. It's nice. I think it was, I'm going to say, I'm going to sit here and say and hope and cross my fingers knowing that this isn't true. That it was a wonderful way of saying that women aren't in fact shallow and that beautiful women um, are like still can be fully fleshed, like in our, in our world, yeah. can still be uh, fully fleshed out human beings and not only worried about like money and looks and like how the world perceives them and can um, very much like uh, be like just be with whoever they want, and that they aren't only after like status symbols. Mm. That's what I'm going to say. However, as you saw, even with me saying that, it got very, very hard for me to continue complimenting that type of woman without saying the words would go for a normal guy. Because that part is a little bit there. The yeah. fact that someone like. It's the, it's the dumb trope again of like the, the stunning supermodel, super famous, rich, attractive woman would go for the literal like jokester. We'll go with like the funny guy who's kind of like dumb. Mm -hmm. The guy who really has nothing going for him except the fact that he's kind of funny. Roger had plenty going for him. Don't smear he Roger. Was about to be like fired. He was about, to, he was be about fired. to be fired because he was tripping up a little bit, but he got, just, he got Jessica back. That dude's funny as hell. Exactly. He got Jessica back because he's so earnest and loving and he's funny. Yeah. Roger, Roger's a solid five. I won't I won't let you smear Roger. I'm not gonna like say that. that he's not a five. You're, but like, you're smearing Roger so hard. I won't stand for this. I think I think it's kind of funny. I don't think that was what the writers were going for whatsoever, <laughs> but it's funny to point out that the absolute stunning 10 out of 10 that every single other male character on screen is drooling over a girl ends up with objectively a, just a guy that's funny. A guy that's funny. <laughs> it really gives hope for the future. <laughs> I hope that I too, as just a guy that's funny, can find a, find can find, I can find a 10 out of 10. Yeah, <laughs> I can find truly love and support me throughout um, all my years. <laughs> uh, again, I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure that the movie wasn't trying to make that point. It was just a very obvious point. I think the problem was I recently uh, was playing like she's a 10, but and so I'm actively. 
I've actively been That's thinking, just the mindset right now. I've actively been thinking <laughs> about all, like, minor issues and, like, relationships and stuff like that. And it, 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 it is just funny. I'm sorry. I popped up. Um, do you want to move on to Back in Action? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Back in Action. Here's the thing. Do I absolutely love Pooh and Roger Rabbit? Yes, 100%. Absolutely. But... There's something about Back in Action. I think it's just because I am in love. Like, my nickname as a kid was Daffy. Because I was that annoying, wild ball of energy, could not shut up, could not slow down. Um, and I embraced that. That was now a total big deal. My dad still calls me that. I think he called me Daffy as recently as, like, just before I moved here, which is coincidentally one of the last times that we talked. So he is still using that nickname. I feel like it's a little bit, a little bit insulting now, but I still love it. I grew up watching, like, this set of cartoons, Looney Tunes, the Looney Tunes cast, is probably what I watched more than anything else growing up, when it came to, like, cartoons. Right. So I am emphatically in love with all of these characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I watched a lot of Looney Tunes and, like, Tom and Jerry and shit when I was young, too. Absolutely. Okay. Um... And because of that, I have an unnatural, super favorable bias towards this movie. I won't say it's better than you think Roger Rabbit, because I do know how to separate logic from emotion. <laughs> However, I would almost 100% choose to watch Back in Action before I would choose to watch Roger Rabbit. I like if I, was, if I was just like bored and like wanted to watch like a random movie, Back in that turn yeah. in my head before people and Mark Robert would. I yeah, I I I completely disagree. That I, makes sense. <laughs> um look, I love I love the Looney Tunes as much as the next guy. But um I thought back in action was kind of stupid. Just like yeah. Absolutely. Well, stupid, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But, no, but I agree. not in the not in the good sense, not in the fun, stupid kind of sense. Stupid as in just like I just I just I was so bored. I, and I, that's just that's just me being for real. I that's thought fair. this movie was so lame, and 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 I, I mentioned this when I when I watched it. I don't know, like maybe a year ago, but it it, it felt more of a studio project mm -hmm. than like Space Jam, which was absolutely a studio project. So I, it, it was just. I don't know how to explain it. I, I just thought it was lame, and I didn't like it. Yeah. Um. I think. Part of my reason for loving is also this movie came out in 2003, by the way. Right. I watched this movie as like a very young child. Oh, the first time I watched it was probably when I was like four years old, five yeah. years old. And my family all really enjoyed this movie. So I watched this movie dozens of times between the ages of like five and 10. Mm -hmm. Like this movie, like when I was watching it for this, I was able to continue to quote some of the lines. I was like, how do I know the next lines are coming? I'd be like able to quote like a full like minute, two minutes worth of dialogue. I was yeah. like, this is embarrassing. I, have, I don't think I've watched this movie in probably about 10 years, but it's still like there. It's ingrained into my subconscious. That's some wasted like wham over there. I need to like replace that or something else. Yeah, it's it's a really nostalgic movie. I'll give it that. Like I, I, I have many memories of sitting in the living room and watching this on like Cartoon Network. Mm -hmm. Like I, I remember that very much. This is It's a movie that played on Cartoon Network a lot. And I liked it when I was younger, but I guess now that I'm a, a loser, jaded film bro. I didn't call you a loser. I didn't call you jaded. No, I'm calling myself loser and jaded. Okay. But, <laughs> but like, I, I don't know. I, I look at this from a perspective, and, and it's lame, I'll give it that. But I look at this from a perspective of, like, a film. And I just, I just, oh, God. I don't oh, like God. it. Oh, it's, no. <laughs> it's it's fun to watch Daffy do his thing and shit and Bugs do his thing and shit. But sometimes it felt like, I don't know, 
people that that I'm saying this like I understand, but it felt like people that didn't really understand what made Bugs and Daffy fun writing for Bugs and Daffy. And it just didn't come off like Bugs and Daffy. And, you know, True. they definitely, they it felt so definitely got a very, like, a big personality. Yeah, I, I, I get that that Bugs is, is like smug and, and, and shit, and sometimes he can be smooth and stuff, but it felt like that was his character throughout the film. He was just, smug and smooth yeah which is i mean like it comes across very suddenly in like the original kind of slapstick looney tunes but like bugs isn't smug and smooth okay i'm defending him it, it, this is a, it's a very thin line to walk here mm-hmm. he isn't smug and smooth he's just he's just smarter yeah than anyone who's come against right. him so he's I guess I'll say politely, kind of toying with them. He's like letting them do their thing. And then he's just, he's going to go along with it mm-hmm. because he knows he isn't going to get hurt, which I guess could be translated into smug and smooth. But I think it's more just like, I don't know, it's just kind of like, he's just like having fun. I, I absolutely like, agree. With he you. like almost never goes looking for trouble. Like they come from, like he's chilling in his, like um, Bugs Bunny is perfectly fine sitting in his hole. He has carrots watching TV. He doesn't go anywhere. He doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. He's just like minding his own business. Yeah. And then like almost like comes like sticks a rifle down his hole and like down his like uh, his home. Yeah. And now like he has to actually go and do something. Like um, Bugs Bunny never is going out and finding. Yeah. No. No. But I, I guess I guess my thing is that is that he doesn't feel much like a cartoon or yeah. at least a cartoon from the Looney Tunes no, he like like That's he sad. does in this movie. Like, even in Space Jam, I feel like Space Jam got Bugs Bunny a lot better. Because even in Space Jam, he acts goofy. He acts yeah. loony. Mm-hmm. He acts like Bugs Bunny did in the cartoons. And here, it just felt like he was just, yeah. you know, like the whole movie, just kind of like leading back, let everything fucking happen. I just think like, uh, what they were you trying know? to do, I'm not saying they get successfully, but what they were trying to do is they were, going to, they were trying to establish the fact that Looney Tunes, like the tunes, have been around for forever. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves the tunes. They are like multi mega. This is a little bit second known yet. Yeah. Multi mega, super famous, affluent, wealthy, huge movie stars mm-hmm. that everyone loves and adores. Right. Which, like in two thousand three, you're kind mm-hmm. of not so much. You're not kind of pushing <laughs> it. Like uh, a little bit of a bygone era. <laughs> yeah, but like I mean, good idea. Like you really like stuck to it. Um, but because of that, they I think what they were trying to do is seeing how that prolonged fame would have affected the characters. Mm. And so Gaffy was always like a second fiddle type right. right? Even though he was first fiddle in my heart. Um, so he would naturally like kind of get annoyed because he's always being pushed to the sidelines. And they did that very well. Like yeah. very much like he wants to do his own thing. He wants to, he very much doesn't want any other teams involved. This is his story, his show. Um, and he does a very good job of maintaining that character throughout the entire movie. Mm. Um, and they kind of treated Bugs Bunny since like it, he came across so effortless and naturally funny and witty in like the original slapstick cartoons that naturally he would just kind of fall back on that and he never had to do too much. Yeah. And so he kind of became lazy and maybe a little bit cathartic and didn't have to keep up with being witty or being funny because everyone loved him. So he just needs to keep doing the same thing. Perhaps, yeah, I, I, I would buy that. 
Especially because, um, like, he was the one, even before, like, the the big, the head honcho directors right. wanted to get Daffy back. He was like, well, we have to get Daffy back. Everybody loves Daffy. Like, we do the thing. Like, the script isn't going to work without him. He isn't yeah. even willing to consider changing things. He's no. like, no, because if, like, Daffy changes, he doesn't say this, but, like, if Daffy changes, then I have to change. And I'm not going to change. So you're going to get Daffy back. Um, that's, like, the end of the conversation. He's very yeah. much set in his ways to the point that it hurts, like, his overall character. And he's not as fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, Daffy. Daffy's another another story. I think they did some right with Daffy, some wrong. I love that they tried to make Daffy a little bit more like his original, like goofy character. Mm-hmm. I, I I I think a lot of like um, like 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 the Chuck Jones Daffy. I love Chuck Jones Daffy. Like just a cynical asshole. Yeah. Right. That's that's the Daffy I film normally, but. I also really like the the just like laughing goofy just like jumping up and being a yeah like I I love that Daffy and they brought that that Daffy a little bit into the movie as well and I I think they did Daffy pretty decently I think they they kind of you know screwed up on bugs that yeah. that that's that was my perspective a little bit on it yeah. and I don't know if you want to like move into like the film or anything I feel like we can focus on Bugs and Daffy. Yeah, we need to actually like those are those are like those are the only characters actually got it. Yeah, no one cares about Kate. No one cares about DJ. I didn't even remember their names. I didn't until I looked way second. Their names (laughs) are right here because I was like, when I said that I feel like an idiot, but I don't remember their names until I was like, Dusty Tales. Dusty Tales. I I remember the character, but I also wait here. Look at before you watch about it. I I listened. It's just okay. Anyways, uh, the point is. So yeah, yeah, so this is like a, a spy film. I'm assuming that people have watched Back in Action, but maybe not, because I guess it isn't as classically mm-hmm. loved as like, obviously not as much as Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, right. But um, basic idea, um, the, old, the old shtick of Bugs and um, Daffy, and like specifically the iconic garden scene, like duck season, rabbit season, duck season, rabbit season, going on. Um, like it's kind of getting old and tired. And Daffy wants to move on because he's tired of being the one that always gets shot. Always the one that gets an ad, uh, anvil dropped in his head. Always the one that gets like crushed into the piano. All that sort of stuff. Um, and the boy isn't having it, so they fire him. Apparently this isn't the first time it's happened. Apparently Daffy gets fired like every like a few months <laughs> or so. Um, and Daffy is like, fine, I'm officially done with them. Thank God, I want to leave anyways. And they kind of stumble upon um, a spy venture, apparently. Uh, Damien Drake, who's like their equivalent of like James Bond in this universe, um, is uh, like, you know, he like played a spy, but it actually turned out that he, <laughs> I can't even say it the way that Gaffey said it, but so he played a spy who was undercover as an actor playing a spy to be his cover for the fact that he was a spy. Actually a spy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, a spy undercover as a spy undercover as an actor. Yeah, I feel like that's about right. It's not as clear. Yeah, I mean, yeah pretty much. But that's the basic you idea. Got it. Um, so the, the point is that Damien Drake is in fact a real spy in real life, and he is currently in danger. And so Gaffey happened to have accidentally teamed up with um, DJ Drake, which is Damien's son. Um, and they have to go on this little spy adventure that starts in like Las Vegas. And while they're going there, um, Kate, who is the, the dumb bitch who fired Daffy Duck, even though everyone wanted to. I don't think they said dumb bitch in the movie, but they found a lot of different ways of no. not saying dumb bitch. Yeah. Right. Um, 
who fired uh, Daphne, she's the one in charge of getting him back. And so she teams up with like Bugs Bunny and they go get him back and they all end up being in Las Vegas. And the rest of it is like actually them doing like a spy adventure. Like it's the search for the blue monkey, which I always thought was, maybe it's just because I was a dumb kid, but I always thought the name was just Looney Tunes, search for the blue monkey. I didn't realize until like maybe a few years ago that I was actually Looney Tunes back in action, which makes, like I feel like search for the blue monkey is a very, that era sort of title for a movie. Like mm-hmm. if it was actually named Looney Tunes, such for the Blue Monkey, I feel like that would fit in with the the style of how movies were named back then, mm-hmm. more than Looney Tunes back in action. Um because it's very trophy. Yeah. It's I, really put everything you need to know in the title. Yeah. I, I, I honestly prefer back in action. I, I get that there there are pros and cons I think to the both of them. I think Search for the Blue Monkey is like a decent title. And does tell you what you need to know, but at the same time, back in action, I guess that just pops out more to me. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, it definitely does pop out a lot more now. That was yeah. just like a weird thing that, like, I always just thought was such a good one. I just thought that's what the title was. But, anyways, that's what I'm searching for. And then it's just like shenanigans, right into old tunes, finding it, uh, Mona Lisa cards, the Queen of Hearts, blah, blah, big evil villain, mm-hmm. uh, the North, the North. What well, exactly what you expect from a movie to inspired venture? Yeah. Um, and then, so we mentioned the cartoon physics a lot in Roger Rabbit. Um, so here, it's very much only the tunes, or almost always, only yeah. the tunes are affected by the cartoon physics. Um, the rest of the human just kind of have to, like, suffer in their own world. Um, especially, like, they do this trope, what, like, two times, three times, where, like, the tunes can run into the paintings and the humans can't. Um, which is like funny, that's creative. I really like that, especially when they're running through the different famous paintings. That's a very like a classic, like interesting scene. Like mm-hmm. the, the writers were clearly having fun doing stupid stuff with that. And I do enjoy that. Um and I I'm not sure. I I think I like it better Roger Rabbit style, where like the world affected, like the tune world affected everything more. I think it's just like a more interesting concept in general. It felt more realized in, in Roger Rabbit, where everything kind of it it, it, it worked co- cohesively with with the cartoons. It didn't feel like the cartoons were almost like a, a, a completely separate entity. I think that's 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 a reason why I think Roger Rabbit. Um, it felt like the characters in Roger Rabbit were actually there, mm-hmm. whereas in Back in Action, it felt like they were what they were, which was just, you know, stills of animation pasted on top of a movie. Fact. So that that's that's another reason why I, I love Roger Rabbit. But back in action, I mean, yeah, it, it just it just felt like none of these characters were actually here. Yeah. You can tell a little bit with like the action that they were doing too, like how character like how human characters would interact with the yeah. characters. Yeah. It was very apparent that like Obviously, that the tunes weren't actually yeah, there in front of them. Yeah. Um, which is sad, but like, I mean, it's not to say what can you do, but there's literally <laughs> another movie that can tell you exactly what you could have mm-hmm. done. Um, but I don't know. I think, I think from the villain perspective, um, because like Lincoln doesn't really have villains, like it has like Elmo Fudd, antagonists. Yeah, sure. it has like people who are currently trying to, episode. yeah, but like it doesn't have like overarching villains or like evil companies or anything. Well, I guess they have Acme, but Acme is not an evil company. Acme is just like a convenient 
place that Wiley Coyote can get all this stuff. From. Yeah, right. Like, it's not actually, like, a evil organization. Um, I feel like it's very, a very 2000, I can't blame it, I can't blame it, it did come out of the 2000s. Yeah. But it's a very 2000s type direction to take to make Acme an actual evil corporation and make the, Miss, that's his real name, his name in the show is Mr. Chairman, Mr. does not have another name. Yeah. Um, one, that, one, just that, naming him like Mr. Chairman is very early 2000s. Yeah. Um, and two, the fact that he's kind of like, he's supposed to be this mega super, super mind running the company, everybody has to listen to him. Mm. Um, but he is also a little bit of a babbling buffoon. Just a, just a little bit. It's mostly just like the TV remotes specifically. Like he always, all of his actions are very, I'm the comic relief character, even yeah. though he's supposed to be, supposed to be. The, the frightening antagonist. Yeah. Um, very 2000s. It was like, I like, I kind of like cringed a little bit. I was like, oh, oh, I forgot this is how like villains were in this era for some reason. I don't really like it. Yeah, he was, he was a weak villain. I didn't like him. I, and, I, and I get that he was supposed to be almost, almost, oh, God, <laughs> <laughs> There was no payoff to that either. You would expect at some point, you, you know, because he kept getting lower. Yeah. You'd expect at some point he would fall over. That's the joke, but he never fell over. That yeah. irritated me. No. Um, <laughs> I, I think it, he, it almost felt like they were writing him to be one of the Looney Tunes. Basically. Like, uh, which is a Toonie character. But, and, and they got the right guy. I mean, Steve Martin. No, was, it was amazing. He's the guy to do that. He did it but, exactly how they wanted him to. Yeah. Like, no doubt it was, about that. It, was just, it, it just felt weak. I just don't like how they wanted him to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. He wasn't, he wasn't a great character. He was never fun to have on screen. He was just kind of annoying. Um, yeah. God, every time he was on screen, I was like, please just go back to Daffy. That's the only reason why I'm here. Yeah. I like seeing my spirit animal on screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to love the Duck Dodgers moment. Did you watch Duck Dodgers? Obviously, I watched oh, Duck Dodgers. I, I love Duck Dodgers. That's a, that's a favorite statement coming from someone who didn't watch the Chippendale series growing up. It was a show from the from like the early nineties. Yeah. What are you talking about? I was born in ninety nine. I was born in two thousand one. And what were you doing watching Chip and Dale? Literally experiencing culture. It was never <laughs> on TV. What are you talking about? I, I, I what I, what channel? I I didn't watch it on channel. I watched it on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Netflix didn't exist until we were like fucking eight or nine. Yeah, what that's why I watched about? it. Well, I was like eight and nine. Okay, then you had to then you had to go out of your way to rent the DVD for Chip and Dale. My parents wouldn't have done that. They wouldn't have been like, let's rent Chip and Dale. You only got like two or three movies you can rent per like month. Wait a second, wait a second. Rent Chip and Dale. First of all, so yes, hundred percent I watched it on Netflix, but also because like I guess I watched a lot of cartoons this way. I know that they were there. I personally didn't do it. Yeah. But we live next to the exact same library. They had tons of Chippendale DVDs there. I, I, free. I didn't like going to the library. I wouldn't have Oh, wait a second, wait a second. No, because now I'm actually bad. Because I, me and my family, going to the library was like a twice a week event. Because we were leaders. Like, we would go, we'd pick up, wait a second. My mom would allow us. Because every Friday we would go. Every Friday, for sure. Like, we would hopefully go throughout the rest of the week as well. But every Friday we would go. And we were kids, so she had this like um this rule for us. So we usually had to do like bunch of shopping before, and like the more like um disobedient, like just like annoying, loud, like running around, not listening to her, we were doing 
um, like the shopping, the less we were allowed to get at the library. It was like, a, like okay, you did this, so you get to get like one less thing at the library. Because yeah. we absolutely mm-hmm. love the library. Um, but in an ideal world, um, if nothing happened, and thankfully I was a beautiful, perfect kid, so almost nothing ever happened to me, but I always got my little sister in trouble, so she was always, I always get nothing at the library, because she thought, I'm so glad. Anyways, I was such a wonderful older brother. But um, we go to the library, and if everything went perfectly, then we were able to get three books mm-hmm. and one movie. And me and my brother, because me and my brother, we, there's a big age gap between us, but we're tight. Me and him are homies to this day. We are, like, we're, 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 I was about to say blood brothers, but then I realized that people would, that it didn't work because we're actually brothers. And I remember that we aren't actually blood brothers, so I can still say blood brothers and it um, but we would get our books and our DVDs. Me and Nate was so smart. Yeah. He would get Spy Kids 1. I would get Spy Kids 2. We watched Spy Kids 1 Friday night. Watch Spy- Wake up early, 7 a.m., 6 a.m., Saturday morning, watch Spy Kids 2. Boom, boom, boom. Gone both gone. Oh, because who would watch Spy Kids 3? Nobody. Nobody's going to watch Spy Kids 3 after watching Spy Kids 1 and Spy Kids 2. Uh, and that's what we literally every single weekend for like months. That's what we do. It was magical. It was always a super big disappointment whenever one of us was being a little bit too rousy while shopping, so we can't get the DVDs to let me know in time for yeah. it. I think that's why we didn't. We always stayed like perfectly behaved because we both knew that one of us fucked up in one of the entire weekend. Right. So we were very good about what we did. Anyways, so sorry, you say about the library, that kind of, because I have, I have such strong, positive emotional mm. memories associated with that specific I, library. I didn't, I didn't really care for it. And, and most of the cartoons that I watched were off of either Cartoon Network or Boomerang. So I didn't, I didn't, Chip and Dale wasn't really fair. Like, no, you are 100% right. Offered to me, what was offered to me were like those slapstick cartoons from the, from the 40s and 50s. True. So like Looney Tunes, <laughs> like... Tom and Jerry, that kind of stuff. No, you're 100 right. I can't blame you. I can't blame you. Yeah. Um. It just you just struck a chord. Yeah. You struck a chord. <laughs> we have we had you, you attacked one of my core memories. <laughs> um. There's honestly, I'm gonna be honest. There's not really much more I can say about back in action. There isn't a lot that I can dive into. It's just stupid. If you enjoy very stupid early 2000s trophy movies, like obviously, like it. It, it does all of those yeah, things. It'll, it'll scratch well. your edge. Yeah. Um, if you want a good movie, watch Roger Rabbit. Yep. If you want to be bored to death, you watch Chippendale. Let's go into it. I did not very much enjoy Chippendale. First of all, I would like to say I watched this against my will. Um, me and Logan, you were, had I, is me and as Logan much were having a great opinion. <laughs> Is I was I was high, and and whenever we sit down to watch a movie or a TV show, you and and Sabrina will go will throw the remote at me, yeah, and say you get to pick the movie, you get to pick the movie, and and it is almost it is mind numbingly irritating. Yes, yes when I pick a movie and you guys go, oh, do we have to watch this? It's like pick pick something yourself, man. Yeah, so I picked Chip and Dale when I was a little high because it was the first thing that I saw. Yeah. And I saw the trailers everywhere because they were being pushed in YouTube ads. Because Disney has money. Uh, so, yes, I turned it on and I thought it was fun because I was high, but objectively it was a bad movie. Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. I just wanted to play Logan because it's really funny to play Logan. I was just as much, like, involved in the unfortunate process of, like, watching Chip and Dale. Um, I... 
what have I done? I was hanging, I was hanging out with some friends earlier that day, mm. and I came home, um, and it turned out like Logan was the only one there. And I was like, oh, like we should like we should celebrate, we should like do something. Cause like yeah. will I don't know, me and Logan just never talked to each other. Um and so we watched Chippendale. Uh it had like just come out. Like it must have like just come out. Maybe something. like a week before. Yeah. Um, and so we watched it, and my goodness, I hope I haven't looked at how it did. But I hope that this movie did like <clears throat> horrible, just so Disney knows they cannot get away with doing this again. I saw a lot of praise for it on Twitter, but it wasn't for the movie. It was always for the stupid like Glupshido moments. Yeah. Where where you could see a character from a show that you liked and you go, oh, oh my God, it's it's Fluttershy. Did you notice how I specifically didn't mention that in Roger Rabbit or Back in Action, even though it was absolutely because they were even there. It was absolutely filled in Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Back in Action, like you kind of knew everyone was going to be there because it's the classic Minions. Yeah. But like Roger Rabbit, Roger Rabbit. Every, every other scene, it was oh I'm like oh I know that. Roger Rabbit didn't push it in your face. That's the thing. Like the, the really recognizable characters, like that one scene where Eddie was falling from from the um, hotel or the the, the, the apartment building in mm-hmm. Town and making Alice and Bugs Bunny are yeah. falling next to him. Like I felt like those moments weren't shoved in your face as much as those moments were shoved in your face for Chippendale. Yeah. I mean, so even, literally, okay, wait, in comparison, back in action, one of the first scenes literally had um the DJ, like the, the security guard. Mm-hmm. I didn't even talk about that. We have to circle back to back in action for one quick second. Oh, yeah. Literally had him run off of like a set, like an apartment building set, and jump out like a frame and like uh, no, out the window or whatever, the cardboard cut out. And Daphne was like, don't follow me. Um, and he did. And he jumped out and he like fell and he landed on like an air mattress because there was a scene where like someone's actually supposed to jump out the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll get to that person was supposed to jump out. Batman. They literally had a ba- Batman cameo in back in action and it felt less forced than Chippendale. Like, do you know how hard that is to do? Like, obviously, like, it was stupid, like, oh, Batman is there, but, like, it made sense. Like, it's the one of those set, they were filming a scene, it was a funny way to, like, do, like, oh, I, the character's gonna fall, like, ah. Um, but they were literally able to shoehorn Batman in there without it feeling, like, they were just purposely shoehorning Batman in there. Mm. It felt as natural it's as a shoehorn can yeah. feel. Um, that's what I forgot. I, I didn't like it so much that I played in the back of my head. I was like, holding it there. I think he was only in the beginning of it. No. Me and Monica have talked in this podcast a lot about how so many early 2000s and early, early 2010s movies and shows mm. were literally fucking filled to the brim with propaganda. Oh, I mean, propaganda has been fucking movies forever. Well, yeah, it's been forever, but like literally almost every big show in like specifically like the early 2000s was like a, this flashpoint there was like things like ncis yeah there was um god what, like numbers there was like the police force was just everywhere everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, 24 yeah 24 um like um uh, born identity uh, yeah you could go on like it was just absolutely cool. and all of those are still going on like ncis is still going on like this so like a little bit of like nostalgia new episodes stuff like that but um like in the early like the early 2000s like every big popular TV show was very propaganda esque. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot that like he's a security guard. It was just like, oh, ew, gross. <laughs> Why? And the fact that they literally like strip him of his badges the same way that they would like strip an actual like police officer. Uh, it's just it's 
it was just like, why? It was just funny. I was like, oh my fucking God. Even Lady Huge wasn't immune to this. Oh, that's all. That's all I wanted to mention. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Chip and Dale, how do you make a cartoon series, uh, not cartoon show, based off of a cartoon series? And then none of your characters are cartoons. Like, they are literally cartoons. Like, they're animated, they're done as cartoons, but they don't feel like cartoons. The most cartoon thing that they do is they have a small car that they drive on the, on the road instead of, like, a normal car. And one of them even has a normal car. You just, yeah, like, controls it with, like, Dale had a normal car. Yeah, it just has car. his, like, seat, uh, his book stacked up, and he has, like, pedals that, like, reach all the way up to his feet that he can control. Don't! I mean, like, I guess, like, that's... I mean, that, that's kind of... Interesting. But it's not interesting in the cartoon yeah. way. Like this is a cartoon. If you want to be like, if you mean like Boss Baby, which like you know it's bad if I'm giving you advice from Boss Baby. If you're going to do Boss Baby and you're going to have the baby drive a car like that, that would make sense because it is a baby. That is the entire gimmick of the whole movie. So have the baby drive like that with stacked up books and pedals that reach all the way up to its feet. This is a cartoon. We can we can play around with the physics here. You could literally have the, the tune stretch its legs all the way down so that magically they can fit in the normal size car if you really want to. Like, obviously, you couldn't. That's I, not the film they were making. I think, yeah, I think they were just going with a different direction in this. Whereas Roger Rabbit, it felt like that could have been happened and it could have happened naturally. Chip and Dale felt more like the cartoons that we watched or the cartoons of that era of mm-hmm. the 80s and the 90s were, were actors. Like, Chip and Dale were not. Uh, animated. They were people before Chip and Dale happened. So I thought it, it I mean, it made sense to me that that cartoon physics wasn't really a thing because in this world, they are just people. Yeah. But I, I get where you saw that it was kind of lame. I, and also because they took away that, that, um, that, that, uh, the, the Looney Tunes-esque kind of feeling to, yeah. to cartoons. Like, like we, we, we talked a little bit about this, uh, a little bit ago, where where cartoons of that era felt more or less like like slapstick and mm-hmm. more like just funny scenarios. Yeah. So it made sense that there wasn't like a lot of cartoony physics, mm-hmm. if you ask me. It just I don't know, like I feel like a big reason why people would want to watch mm-hmm. a movie like that is for the slapstick. Like I feel like most people who like would see like they just see like an ad for it. Yeah, like, an ad for like uh cartoons integrated into live action. They're expecting it to be much more slapstick vibes. Yeah, like just, elevated cartoon yeah, Just yeah, because, yeah. I don't know, that's what they're associated with in their mind, which, again, from the 80s and 90s isn't as true. But mm-hmm. it's still what the general populace is going to think sure. when they see a cartoon next to a real-life character. Um, and like we said, like, they feel like normal people. They're, like, it's a, I guess it's a mystery. It's a kind of tumulate mystery. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kind of funny, interesting idea to relate mystery is Disney like punching down a little bit um, <laughs> with like the overall overall idea. Like the big, the big evil. The spoilers. Um, the big bad guy, the big evil. Actually, it doesn't spoil who's doing it necessarily because they find this out pretty early on. Yeah, right. right. But now, um, basically, what's going on is certain cartoon characters are getting kidnapped, um, and they're being redrawn so that they are not brand recognizable, so that you know, the distinguishing brand characteristics are gone, so they can be produced in foreign films. Um, or just knockoff films. Well, yeah, knockoff foreign films. I'm pretty sure they call it foreign films in like, the actual thing, but like knockoff cheap. 
They, they at least caught sure? they at least caught overseas films because spoilers. Overseas. One of the big things that they find out is that the overseas films are actually being produced here in like just like a different studio because of like who it ends up being. But um, they definitely use the term overseas because it's a big point. They find out that they aren't being filmed overseas. Yeah, because they know they're not. Saying they're o- in English and saying overseas films is saying foreign films. Like obviously, foreign film has a different connotation. I, yeah, but it's the same thing. I guess from I an American perspective. Yeah. Those are the same. I, I guess I just didn't hear them say overseas. I just remember them saying knockoff. Okay. And that's that's also just what I perceived. Because movies were, of the little that we saw, yeah. you know, the titles and shit, they were all in English. Yeah. And so so I figured they, they were just like knockoff films, yeah. like like uh, the asylum shit. Yeah. That. And there are, like, obviously in our real world, there are a lot of examples like that. There are YouTubers who, like, a lot of what they do is going over, um, like, knockoff films like that like right. i know people like drew gooden and Dave gonzalez have done it uh small creators like 24 frames of nick and Chefland productions have mm-hmm. gone over this as well and like it is funny and entertaining to like look at like knockoff films but really it kind of felt like disney because disney is like a conglomerate at this point is kind of i don't even know like it's perfectly fine for them to say that they're annoyed with like people who take their characters and like make cheap ripoffs of it but also feels a little bit weird of them to say it. Like no one is like, no one has let's say fifteen dollars to watch a movie, and is deciding between the Little Mermaid and the tiny, the, mermaid. The, yeah, the tiny mermaid. <laughs> like I, I'm not even sure what the title was. Yeah, I don't know. like no one's picking between those two movies. They're just going to watch the Little Mermaid. Yeah, mainly because the tiny mermaid is free, and they could just watch it online illegally. They could probably find the Earth. It's completely uploaded on YouTube. Right. Um, so like, I highly doubt that Disney is losing any significant amount of money, any statistically relevant amount of money from knockoff films being produced. Yeah, and that's that's another thing. I think I I think the majority of the film focused on just like knockoff films and shit. But I think you can also uh, you could also um, lump in pirating. Yeah, like, and. That shit, especially coming from a company like Disney, makes me roll my eyes so hard. Okay, pause. Are we going to talk about our pirating tendencies? Um, absolutely. Okay, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm paused. We're talking about pirating tendencies. <laughs> <laughs> like, or, uh, find me or whatever. But I pirate movies all the time, and they flash our address up on the screen. Yeah, so make us. sure, make sure you can find us easily. But I mean, like, most of these movies are coming from like giant, giant companies like Paramount. <laughs> or or Warner Fast. or Disney, and it's like, look, I get I'm not the only one pirating these movies, but these are also movies that make like three hundred million dollars, and it, it or doesn't. I just seventy eight billion dollars, or yeah, I'm about fortieth right now. <laughs> but like, I really could not really care that much if a movie loses. Uh, money because i chose not to watch it yeah. and so when, especially in this movie when when movies go oh my god why would they pirate why would they pirate all movies it's like boohoo go make a hundred million in china or some shit now yeah. like i don't know how to do that also if you're going to make a hundred mil- if you're going to make so much in all the other markets outside of america if you could, could you please? I know this is just like little old me talking to like a mega problem, <laughs> but could you please include the scenes of girls kissing girls? 
Oh, well, we don't want to. This, this is me attacking my year, right? Yeah, now. I know. I mean, like, we don't want China. To, like, China will lose a lot of money in China. Yeah. I mean, for the record, so <laughs> in their defense for my year, they took it out. And then they put it back in. And, and they got in. banned in 14 countries. So beyond them, I'm glad. Rock those numbers up. He get banned in more countries. Um, but uh, my point is, I'm so sorry that people are pirating your movies. I'm so sorry that my $15 and Logan's $15, which you aren't actually getting because it goes to the movie theater yeah. a lot of it. It's usually, isn't it like usually like a, I'm not sure for Disney because Disney gets special allowances. Mm. Isn't it usually like a 50 50 split? I, it's like, like, theater gets like a lot of that ticket money. I am. Anyway, <laughs> um, so let's say like $10. Yeah. I'm so sorry you didn't get my $10 and Logan's $10. I really don't know how you go feed your family tonight with $20 less than you made at the box office. Mm. Um, obviously, I understand that more people are pirating movies than just like the two of us. Yeah. It would be really cool if it was just the two of us, though. Like, we would maintain an entire industry, an entire market. Um, but it, I don't know, it feels weird to see Disney so blatantly in like a movie that like is free on Disney Plus. Like mm. anyone can watch this very easily. Yeah. <laughs> so aggressively attacking pirating and knockoffs. It's a little I don't want to say rich people death, crying yeah. because they're not even more rich. Yeah, like I feel so bad for them. It, it's I'm just, sorry, it comes Mr. Off so tone deaf. I'm yeah. sorry, Mr. Wall. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Walt, we're really sorry for pirating. Mr. Walt is films. rolling in his grave. Uh, rolling in, his head is rolling in that, in that like, uh, cryo Future on the cryo Yeah, or whatever it's fucking called. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that, I don't know, that, just like the fact that that was the entire point of the movie kind of soured me to the, the, not like the rest of the movie, but kind of had that bad taste I mean, that's the rest of it. Because I was like, Oh no, what's going to be the ultimate like end conclusion that's going to save the day? They're going to kill everyone who pirates movies and makes knockoffs. Yeah. I was like, damn, the FBI is coming to my house right now. And and I, another aspect of the film that I just didn't like were were Chip and Dale. I felt <laughs> like the performances for I, I mean Dale, I, it felt I don't know. And Andy Sandberg is really good at playing dumb characters. He's always been. But John Mulaney was the wrong person for Chip. I get that that's like the character, but his voice, I, I, I'm anti-John Mulaney. I, I'm just... Oh, I'm yeah, I, think we're, I think we're officially all anti-John Mulaney on this podcast. I, I am anti-John Mulaney, and his voice irritates the hell out of me, the nasaliness, and, and how, I and how so me. many people... We're filming something, thank you. Right, we're talking and, about John Mulaney and his fucking... Yeah, so... Just, just his voice just did not match Chip for me. I get being like, I, I get that Chip is like a jaded character and how he sees, uh, he, he sees the, the world from a different perspective than Dale, who sees it as just like a do whatever you want, hang out, be happy kind of thing. And John Mulaney's voice fits that. It, it really just did not do it for me. No. I really disliked it. Yeah, I, I didn't really like it either. I think I also, so here's the thing. I have a very, very, well, this is going to make fun of me. Yeah. You're going to make fun of me. I have a very, very, very small tolerance for John Mulaney's voice. <laughs> About all that I can get through is when I am strapped to a chair, being gracefully fed pizza rolls into my mouth while high, watching the next episode, uh, not the next episode, the next season of Big Mouth on one sitting. <sighs> like, that's the only time that I can stand it. I get... 
like I can handle his voice for like two hours a year. And that's about it. It's a tradition at this point. Literally, sorry, blame me. The, literally the last season uh-huh. of Big Mouth that came out, the day it came out, me and Bradley, we dropped up his car at the shop, grabbed Chick-fil-A, sat in my car waiting for his car and watched the entire uh-huh. season in one sitting before going to picking up his car. I got to judge you a little bit. Yeah, so. I know that you're going to judge me for it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just what you got to do. It's what you got to do. Anyways, that's as, much, that's as much as I can stand John Mays for. Yeah. So it's really because like, I, so I don't know why, maybe it's because Disney knows that I'm not really a big fan of like shows like this or movies of this range. Yeah. Um, I didn't get any ads to video. Like I knew that I existed. Um, just because, like, I saw it on Twitter, but, like, on YouTube, no ads. Anywhere else mm-hmm. on the internet, I never got any ads to Twitter. I was so hard. I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that John Mulaney was in this until I heard his voice. Like, that's how removed oh, that that's was. that's gotta suck. That's how removed <laughs> that was. That's why I started this off by saying I was forced to get Spyro to watch this, because if I had heard that John Mulaney was in it, I wouldn't have watched it. Like, you know, like, that would have been, like, a hard set now. Like, before... I was making fun of Logan, like, and say that I had no choice in the matter. If I had known that he was not only in it, but one of the main characters, he was literally Chip, it would have been no. I would have right there. I would have turned off the TV. I would have been like, we could watch something else. Literally pick anything else. So, yeah. Um, so, that's why I hold you so, like, because I know you got a lot of those hats because you talked about being those oh, hats. Yeah. So, you oh, definitely do. I knew, I knew. I literally always saw maybe like screenshots on the Twitter. Like I don't think I ever even saw like a full trailer. God, I saw like every trailer. It was just shoved down my throat. How's it that feel? and best friend? That song sucks, man. That was awful. What song? Best friend. You know the the uh, what was it? Saweetie and Doja or something like that. Oh, like that song? Yes, oh. that song played in every Chip and Dale trailer. That's funny. I, no, like, it's not. It was just annoying. I think it's funny because I, like, I'm okay with that song. I, like, I remember when it first came out because, like, obviously, like, Saweetie and Doja really big on TikTok. So, yeah, like, yeah. first drop, like, everyone on TikTok was using it. And then, like, it kind of died out as it does. Um, I don't think I've heard that song since. Oh, God. It was all over the radio when we first came out here. It's and so then, I, mean, and that then makes sense. I got hit with those trailers so often. How was Best Friend all over the radio when, like, you guys first came out here? Well, and they still have like, enough time to play Sunflower and Seven Rings. I never, I never heard Sunflower or Seven Rings when, like a year ago when we moved out here. It was just Best Friend. It was always just Best Friend because Sabrina would always mention it when the song came on. Yeah. Um, for anyone listening, we took a, before we moved to California, we took like a spring break trip to California back in like 2019. And we like used the car and we didn't have Bluetooth. And so it was always the radio. It was always Sunflower and Sun Rings. So, like exclusively the only two songs that played. Like they just played the back to back on VP. Yeah. Um, it was really bad. God damn. I can't listen to either of those songs now. I hate it because like Sunflower is objectively like a pretty fun song. Yeah. And it's in like Into the Spider Verse. So I can't even really enjoy it if I like, go back and rewatch Into the Spider Verse. I literally like I watched it with my family recently because some of them had watched Spider Verse. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to have to leave. <laughs> I'll, I'll be back. back. Like I'll be back minutes. in literally like forty-five seconds <laughs> when the opening scene is done. Once yeah. he stops coming into his micro, uh, into his headphones, then I'll be back. Trust me, it's great. I just can't listen to the song anymore. Um, God, I feel so bad for you. I feel so bad to me, honestly. I I was shocked. It was against my will. I 
do not think I can forgive this before. The fact that they have John Mulaney's chip and the entire bad guy, bad thing of the movie is knockoffs and piracy. And however, when he does that, should we, what happened to the villains in that? They literally died, didn't they? Didn't the main guy literally die? Because it was like a shipwreck or something? Uh, there was something on the water. I remember. That's right. We watched that, what, like two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, yeah. I don't remember how long. Okay, anyways, but like something very not good happened to the um to to the characters. So that's or to the bad guys, the evil people. Yeah. Um and there was no question physics whatsoever, which like I guess blah blah blah, but like it's this is just integrated as normal people. There's nothing really like can you think of anything extremely positive that you would not even extremely, just anything relatively positive that you would say about this movie? I don't think Andy Samberg was a bad casting choice. No, okay, that's good, that's good. Um, I liked, it was a little bit childish, but obviously it is, it is still a children's movie, yeah, so right. I can't excuse it. I do like that they set up, like the like Ellie, the, the, the black girl, to be like the evil character, and then they ended up not making her the evil character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was very like, like, yeah, it was really dumb and, like, cheesy. But at the same time, I do like the fact that she's not the evil character. Mm -hmm. I don't like the fact that the person who we had no inclination whatsoever would be the evil character, except for the fact that it's always the butler. It's always the police commissioner. It's always blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like there was no other hints pointing towards him, except for the fact that he happens to be that character in the, in the book. Right. Um, but, like, I can't excuse that for the fact that they didn't make Ellie the evil character. Which, like, Disney, oh my god, if you had done that, woo! In 2022, making the only woman of color in your movie the evil character, that's some big balls, baby. <laughs> like, you're really, you're just stacking the cards against you. If you yeah. added that to the list of things that we already said, like, dang, we might have had to boycott Buzz Lightyear if you had done that. I can't do anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I admittedly barely remember it. All I remember is that I really just didn't like it. And even when I was high off my ass, where movies are objectively probably better. We got him to watch High School Musical when he's high off his ass. If that like gives you any inclination <laughs> of the level that he's willing to tolerate. Um, it was just, it just, yeah, it was just a poor movie. And I knew that even when I was zonked. I feel like also, this is something that's really interesting, just going just these two movies, like from 88 to 03 to 2022. Mm -hmm. um, in 88, very much like the main character was uh, Eddie, and then like the two introduced one. Yeah, Roger Rabbit was kind of main character, but he was just main character because he was there. Yeah. It was much more focused on Eddie and like the mystery. Mm -hmm. And then 03, it's very like equal. I, I would say that the tunes are better than the people. But um, it's very equal, like the tunes are there and the people are there and they're interacting and they're helping solve each other the mystery or each other. And now the tunes kind of hinder stuff a little bit, but they hinder stuff in a funny way. They aren't hindering stuff in like a, I'm purposely hindering things, not hindering stuff in I'm stupid. They're hindering stuff in like, I'm selfish and I want to be the one to solve the case, so give me the card, I'm going to be the one to do it, I want to be out of my right. Yeah. And like a, in a character believable way is the only time that they're hindering stuff. Um, and then in Chippendale, like humans really don't just stop. I mean, I guess, like, obviously they do, and, like, yeah. Ellie is a human, but, like, it's much more just the tunes. Um, and the tunes have to do things. I was just kind of interesting that, um, 
<laughs> the more the tunes are being focused on, the worse the movie has turned out. Obviously, this is only using these two movies. Yeah. But in my defense, it's only like five movies that's on. Yeah. You, know, so you just have to include Space Jam One and Space Jam Two, and those are put way about the same level as I would put um, back nationally. So it really seems like the more we focus on the tunes, uh, the less I, the, I don't know, the less entertaining the movie is. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. That's a little insulting, though, so okay, <laughs> maybe I won't say that. Um, is there anything else you want to say about any of these movies? No, I, I think I'm good. I think I got all the things I wanted to say. Yeah, well, absolutely. Amazing. Okay, so we're switching to our last segment, which is All Pass. Um, I can't even think about... Uh, it's, the, it's the segment where we just talk about things that are happening either in the industry or just, like, new movies and new series coming out that... Um, I know we're kind of iffy on. We're not sure if we're actually going to pursue or be interested in. Um, Logan, anything that you have that you are, want to pass on? I really don't think so. I didn't expect you to. Um, to pass on? Yeah. Anything you're like, mm, interesting. Kind of weird. Well, I don't know. I don't know if necessarily I want to pass on it, but. Well, um, Logan's going to watch it because that's what Logan does over on his YouTube channel. So. Yeah. But, I, I just watch anything that comes my way. Yeah. But um, the Elvis movie's coming out on Friday. I mentioned it. Um, I don't think it'll be that great of a film. I think it, it's around that time where people just make biopics to get them themselves and get themselves into the Oscar. We have talked about that. The number of biopics that have been coming out recently, it's it's the trend it's, right now. It's a lot. Yeah. And and I don't necessarily like Baz Luhrmann as a director anyway. So I don't sure. think I, I will enjoy this movie. Moulin Rouge was fine, but I don't think, and, and Romeo and Juliet was fine. Can you be careful? No, never mind. We're good. We're good. We're good. Okay. I, I think they were okay. No, they weren't terrible. But I, for the most part, I, I just don't like Baddest Lerman as, as a director. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I also am very, I'm, I'm not going to watch all this. I'm, I'm sorry. I know officially that I'm going to pass on it. Yeah. Um, one, just based off of the fact that I really, I really don't care about Elvis in general. I've never really gone out of my way to specifically listen to any songs from Elvis. I know about his life just because as someone who lived and grew up in America, it's impossible not to. But nothing I've learned about Elvis has been of my own free will. <laughs> um, and a lot of the, the, you know, the classic commentary YouTubers have been saying that it's not a great movie. Obviously, Amanda the Jedi always titles her like video something very aggressive and like shocking. But she did use the the words the most theater walkouts I've ever seen mm -hmm. in her video talking about um of the Elvis movie. So that's probably not a good sign. This movie is a great uh, biopic that will stand the test of time and definitely needs to be watched and enjoyed by everyone. Yeah. And also. We got the song Vegas from Doja Cat from this movie. So I feel like that's like the best part that we can think about it. Based off of that song alone, I really don't think that there's anything that we can offer me that would be better than just those like three minutes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with just letting it go. Yeah. Um, but I think that's what we all, I think that's all we really have to pass on. There's not a lot of like huge, huge things coming out right now. We're mm -hmm. kind of in. A kind of weird summer lull, I guess, because there's some big stuff coming out in like later in July. Like obviously there's like um, it's a little bit early to mention it, but obviously Love and Thunder is coming out in like two-ish weeks. Um, we have Nope that's coming out like the end of July. Um, I think I feel like they're missing something. There's another pretty important thing that's coming out in July. Um, obviously Miss Marvel is happening right now, like that's currently airing. I think 
did they say it was going up 10 episodes? Like, it might continue through, like, the rest of the summer. I haven't even started watching it. Really? To be honest. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm loving it. For the fact that I'm loving it, because it's very much my style of TV show, uh, yeah. of um, superhero show. Like, this show would come out not really tomorrow whatsoever. That sounds really dumb to say. But this show would come out not really tomorrow whatsoever. In, like, in, like, 2014, I would have been, like, the one making the fanatics play and posting them on top of Like, I... I do actively enjoy this show. Um, and I don't know, like the third episode just came out today, so I'm not that far behind. Like I said, I'm pretty sure this was going to be one of the longer um, Marvel properties. Mm. Or like Marvel series, yeah, I think yeah. is what they're saying. So, yay. Um, at the same time, I realize as I'm saying that, the fact that I loved it so much, I know why I love it, is probably not a good sign that you're going to enjoy it. Oh. I hate that. Okay, but um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can follow us everywhere. On, I've been meaning to uh, on Instagram. Write us reviews. Leave us ratings. Uh, talk about how amazing we are. Thank you uh, to the Monica. I hope that you're doing great. Uh, thanks for letting me take over this one and talk about something that I guess is relevant, but like we probably have never talked about because like this feels very out of left field for this type of podcast. Uh, Logan, you can follow what you mentioned. Actually, I'm just going to let you plug this up. All right. All right. Yeah. So uh, I mentioned my YouTube channel earlier. It's just my name, Logan Douglas. And I also have some socials. You can follow me at, at Logan C. Douglas on Twitter or Instagram. And I have a Letterboxd account if you're interested in that in, in, at all. It's just Loggy, L-O-G-G-Y. That's where I pretty much, I, I throw in every movie that I watch. And this. Uh, usually a good amount of movies. It's a lot of movies. Like, I was not joking when I called him a film, but... <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, but um, that's all. Thank you guys for watching, uh, and we'll talk to you next week.